Buzzkills Live, a show whose hosts have been known to do some post-game praying on the 50-yard line, something like, please God, tell me the condom didn't break. I'm Liz Winstead, joined by my co-host, Moji Alawodeel. Hello, everyone. And Marie Khan. Greetings. It's Abortion Pill 101 here on the pod today. Yay! Yes. Joining to give us all the basics on the wonderful, magical, life-changing medical marvel known as the abortion pill are Imani Wilson-Shabazz and Cece Caruso from the organization Plan C. Plus a comedian you've seen on The Tonight Show or on her amazing special, Love Joy, Joyelle Nicole Johnson is here. We're heaping help. Okay. Are we just hooting? We're just hooting. It's It's like the Arsenio Hall show. Did we mention that that is one of our aspirations? It's to be Arsenio (laughs) Hall. And for heaping helping of all the Abobo BS, we are here for you. But first, we have sort of like the icing on the shit cake, breaking news out of Oklahoma. Uh, And Oh my God. It seems like it's tourist season and Oklahoma is bringing the bull. Uh, They just passed, the legislature just passed a Texas bounty style abortion ban that the governor has promised to sign immediately. And here's the catch. It will immediately go into effect the second the ink is signed. So If you're sitting there thinking, wow, didn't Oklahoma just pass a trash ass abortion ban that was the worst one in the country? Yes, you are correct. But that one wasn't supposed to go into effect until August. So Oklahoma was like, the fuck? Why don't we get one started now? What I love about this bill. And by love, I mean hate about this bill. (laughs) And also find confusing is I was reading some of it and it was like, if you get like accused of doing an abortion or paying for an abortion or whatever you get accused of, you can't put, but this ban is unconstitutional as your defense, but this ban is unconstitutional. So I'm just like wondering, like, did I miss this? I'm not a lawyer, but did I miss this? Like how, how, how? How is the same as the Texas law, right? Because it's a civil, it's, it's people bringing cases against other people and not against the government. So that in and of itself seems, I'm not even really sure that I'm even, even that's constitutional. I'm like, yeah, like again. Yeah. Why is that? Why is it constitutional (laughs) for some rando to just like bring a case against you and, and, and do it? Um, I don't know. But I do know that uh, they are confusing the legal system so profoundly that Oklahoma has jumped into the fray. And also adding this and the bill takes effect immediately piece is what we just saw in Kentucky when they were like, let's create a whole host of laws that can't be implemented. The clinics can't implement them. The state doesn't even have a mechanism to actually enforce the law so that it effectively has to shut clinics down because they can't comply. So that immediate thing is the next level of garbage. From a practical supports perspective, that a lot of Texans are traveling to to get abortion care. So Oklahoma, and and that's messed up. Like states should be, we should be looking out for our own communities that are here and not forcing all of this to begin with. And Oklahoma politicians have seen that. And they, they're like, they want to double down on everybody, their own people, people that are, that are fleeing to get care there from other states. They, the cruelty of this is so awful. And six weeks before, you know, you're pregnant, basically six weeks. Oftentimes people don't have any idea. You missed, you missed maybe a cycle for two weeks. I mean, it's really a two week ban. Because oh, yeah. like it's basically yeah. a two week bed. Yeah. No one knows they're pregnant before four weeks. That's not a thing. We don't have the technology for that. Um, also, as the resident fiscal conservative, I just want to <laughs> I 
I just want to point out that defending unconstitutional abortion bans is expensive for the state. So yes. like Oklahoma mm-hmm. is signing up to spend a lot of money that I don't know they can spend on abortions. I know. <laughs> to I like mean, pay lawyers instead. It's true. And, you know, I sort of half-handed mentioned the shitty, no good, very bad law that goes into effect in August. But if you weren't paying attention to the details of the latest law that they signed off on in mid-April, it is an, a ban on all abortions it, with, it, with an exception of saving the life of the person who was pregnant. Uh, it is a $100,000 fine uh, and up to 10 years in prison for the person who uh, provides the abortion. So that could clearly mean if you were self-managing your own abortion, you know, they, could the state sue you for um, trying to manage your own abortion, which we'll be talking about self-managed abortion later in the show. But um, so that draconian law goes into effect in August. And the fact that they literally said, you know what? Oppression is so fun. Why wait? Let's just get something (laughs) on the books now. Because if you have a legislature that will pass a law that is so fucking awful, like the one that goes into effect in August, why wouldn't you just say, hey, let's kind of just change some words around add some more oppression and add the word goes into effect immediately so that we can just get started. Let's get the oppression party started. Yeah. It's really callous. It's just really like callous and cynical and just, um, I think fucked up is, is, it is, is fucked up is mm-hmm. the technical term. It's true. And I think, you know, it's basically, I think that we should just stop calling Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and we should just call it Lahoma because <laughs> it ain't okay. Um, but, but, but before we transition to the next story, I just want you to know that there is a challenge to the law. I think Planned Parenthood is bringing a challenge to this law. It is not sitting idle. People will be challenging the law. So we'll just see what kind of kangaroo court system it's going to go through uh, and to see just, it's just basically a test to see if we have any rights left. So um, that'll be uh, interesting, but also uh, I'm going to toss it over to Marie because you can have all the abortion bans you want, but this story that Marie is going to bring to us, you know, talks about if people don't know how to do a procedure, you know, isn't that, you know, I, I don't know even where we go at this point. Right. Act. Fact, Liz, as the old saying goes, those who can't do teach and those who can't teach, teach gym. (laughs) But we have learned that for 50 percent of med schools, those who could teach abortion just can't. (gasps) It it's really, really depressing and dismal. A study came out last week highlighting the obscene data that 50 percent of med schools either don't offer training in abortion on abortion at all, or if they do it, it's a single lecture. So a procedure that we know one in three women, one in four individuals will need to undertake in their lifetime and which anyone needs to consider while pregnant. And, you know, you might be on a few lecture slides. The numbers also are startling with 70% of OBGYN students claiming they got insufficient training on abortion and 90% of general medicine students reporting the same. And we have average age of abortion providers we know across the country being in their 60s. So this is this is a crisis from just a, you know, a career planning professional perspective. Um, and there's really no bigger abortion ban than no one knowing how to perform them. I know that and is a fully effective ban. You can't even uh, you can't yeah, even call a lawyer. Gatekeep science, safe science, safe knowledge, you know, proven techniques. Let's let's do none of let's make it as hard as possible. Yeah. And it's also too like. It's not only that med students, doctors, you know, we talk a lot about doctors. I think we put a lot of emphasis on physicians when we talk about abortion. And folks need to understand that not only is this about OBGYNs, a lot of states are passing legislation where family medicine doctors, which a good amount of people who are abortion providers in this country are, are banned from providing abortion. You have to be an OBGYN, which Marie, you talk about all the time. How, yeah. why are we, why are we not expanding abortion provision to qualified medical professionals? Yep. Nurse practitioners, midwives, doulas. These are all communities that I know we're going to have a great guest to, to talk on. We're going to have plan C to come talk later um, about, about the pill process. And that especially like abortion 
abortion is not chemical. It's not all these things that the antis throw at us. It's a safe procedure that we do not need to gatekeep like this. Plus, we're just going to ignore the use of herbal medicines and all these safe options that especially doulas and midwives historically have done. Like, we're going to ignore it because it's racist, of course, and we like to do that in the U.S. But, you know, come on. This is just, this is, this also is also like, you know, science. also, Marie, abortion pills are incredible, but they only are really effective up to 11 weeks. And we right. all know yeah. people need abortions much later than 11 weeks. So, like, even if you would just say, like, we got abortion pills, we're good. Like, we need qualified professionals that can exactly. take give people abortions for as long as they need them in the course of a pregnancy. And also, I think that this sort of this sort of like, because there's a lot of legislation again that kind of prevents um, schools from teaching stuff. And I think this is similar to the anti-CRT legislation mm-hmm. that we're getting where you're saying, oh, if we don't teach you about something, then we don't even have to like make you responsible for it or like aware of it. We can just eradicate change <laughs> knowledge by just withholding the ability to yeah. like take in this information and use this information powerly, powerfully. It's really oh. terrifying. Oh, now that you say that, Moji, I am just so convinced that they're going to start saying they're teaching abortion in third grade. And so they have to create legislation to stop teaching abortion procedures in third grade. And then when there's no more teaching abortion procedures in third grade, because they never were, (laughs) then they'll take a victory lap about it. But the other thing I also want to point out too, is when we talk about not teaching about abortion, first of all, I want to point out that the Jane Collective existed in a pre-roll world where college students did 15,000 safe abortions on people and they were trained by somebody and did it themselves. And so people who have skills and practice and knowledge can provide early abortion. But also, if you are not teaching um, abortion care in schools, that means you're not teaching miscarriage management in schools. Mm -hmm. And it also means Mm -hmm. that as we move into a world where it's going to be, people are going to be self-managing abortions increasingly more because of the clinics closing and, and this whole situation we have with all this legislation, um, who is going to manage the care if somebody self-manages their abortion and let's say, um, Sometimes it happens where you have to go in and have your uterus cleaned out with a DNC um, just to make sure that your abortion, your uterus is empty and that you don't get sepsis, right? We need people in those states to be able to do that in every state. We need people to know how to do that. And so it's so profoundly awful. And I know we were talking about the fiscal conservative Umoji was talking (laughs) about what that means for tax dollars and state-run um, hospitals and um, medical schools um, having their tax dollars threatened at the thought of uh, providing abortion in their schools. It's a mess. The it's whole terrifying. Thing, it's terrifying. And so uh, there's great organizations like Med Students for Choice are great. And there's also great organizations like the Reproductive Health Access Project and the Ryan, Ryan Center, which is training people Mm-hmm. on how to do uh, med students who are not getting that training, but that just shouldn't have to be again. Why are we always having to create extra work Yeah, when it should just be available? If you want to provide care, it should just be available to be able to do that. If you're going into the field yep. of medicine, it's really just outrageous. It's also, and I just want to get into this, it's also the way that abortion providers are stigmatized, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's fine to, to sort of say we won't teach basic reproductive, like full spectrum reproductive care to people, OBGYNs who are going into reproductive care if you're just going to decide that like abortion providers are a second class of doctor. I mean, that is such, I love that point, Moji, and I'm so glad you said that because to me, that may be the most important point is to stigmatize abortion doctors who are providing life-saving care, bringing people back to a path of their own destiny and self-determination. And to say the, that your practice of medicine shouldn't be taught because there's something wrong about it is yeah. really a mess. You also are bringing the not good news at all uh, <laughs> in just... You know, what I'm bringing is not good news, but not new news, right? I'm actually just inviting the lamestream media to the party we've been having. You know, we've been yelling about how blanket abortion bans was the end goal for like Republican legislatures, but it's only taken, what, a decade for everyone else to like catch up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like 
we've been watching and talking about it and trying to podcast and trying to yell and trying to tweet about, you know, states passing stupid ass, unconstitutional ass, cruel ass anti-abortion laws, and the publishers around the country have just kind of twiddled their thumbs about it, right? Um, until until now, until like probably the last like two months. But like, but also, can I just say too that also they think that's the that they've thought of it. They've ignored us so hard that they have these <laughs> embarrassing like light bulb moments where it's like, well, I've thought about it, so finally it's a reality. It's like so annoying. It's like you're not even writing anything new. I know mm-hmm. this information was new in what 2012, 2011. Oh. <laughs> like, and it's like, and it's so funny because like the level of cruelty that they're pulling on is like, it's great, right? Like once upon a time, anti-abortion or legislators or Republicans would be like, I'm against abortion, but rape and incest. We want to make sure that people who have been victimized can access, you know, health care or like, I don't know. What's the other thing there? Fetal personhood. Like now I'm seeing these breathless articles about fetal personhood. And it's like people, they've been passing fetal personhood laws. There are fetal personhood Mm -hmm. laws on books in state right now. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it is wild. Um, So anyway, whatever I'm reading about, they're worried about fetal personhood. These pre-row zombie laws, uh, you know, zombie, zombie pre-row laws. And uh, do you guys know about those? The zombie pre Oh, oh ding, gee, ding, what ding. is that? So, my, so uh, every time somebody on this show, because we are so deep in it, says some so deep in it thing, um, we're going to just pause for a moment and have them explain. So today's phrase on abortion access front is pre-row zombie law. Moji, what is it? Okay, so pre-row zombie laws is a real fun thing. Um, You know, uh, you may or may not be aware if you listen to this podcast that in 1973, Roe v. Wade was passed and it made abortion legal nationally. But before that, uh, what abortion access looked like was kind of what we're going to, which is a patchwork of different states having different laws that all conflicted. And so some states had these anti-abortion laws, but the minute that Roe made abortion a constitutional right, all those laws just kind of became useless and and un- unhelpful and basically unusable. And so obviously they've been ignored, but people never did anything about it. They were like, oh, we have Roe. We're going to have Roe forever. That's great. But now we're looking and we're like, uh, Roe could be gone before hot girl summer. And so what we want to do. So so some of these states are just like, well, we're hoping that once Roe is vacated by the Dobbs case, we can just go back to these laws, these zombie laws that have been on our books for decades doing nothing. We can just blow the dust off of them and then Roe and then abortion will be illegal in our state. And these Um, laws are really scary. It's like your husband has to give you permission. Your doctor has to report you to the authorities, uh, there is all kinds of, of basically just reintroducing a pregnant person as property on a bunch of levels. And it's really, a lot of them are criminalizing abortion. And so, and there's like 11 States, I think that have them on their books right now. Yep. Yeah. So, and and some of those States are writing new ones. And so it's like, we could ignore the zombie because they're coming up with new fresh hell, but some are just sitting back just like, okay, whenever it's decided, we're just going to go back to whatever was happening in 1973. And I also think it's good. Like uh, if you want to see if your state has zombie laws, I would highly recommend Googling to see, uh, if your state has old ass abortion laws on the books that just sat there. Uh, and that might be a way that you can activate with your friends and calling up your state reps and saying, you got to get this thing off the books. Like mm-hmm. this is bad news. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. In, in Michigan, the governor right now, like that's a state people think, Oh, this, especially as a Midwestern state, abortion's okay here. It's, it's not. And it's a state that's got a really wonky approach to like what gets to get voted on too and get passed. And this is one that is a law from 1931 that if Roe falls, abortion could go away if the legislature enforces this. And they're saying they get to. The Republicans there are saying that they get to. Yep, it's true. And, you know, and it used to be there used to be compassion for people and uh, there's no compassion for anyone anymore. It's just gone. Mm -mm. I mean, even the compassion that they had was like, you know, lip service compassion, right? Like uh, I was looking at the numbers and uh, people who say that they're having abortions because they've been raped 
uh, it's actually really small. This doesn't say that people who have abortions that have been raped and maybe become pregnant don't have a lot of abortion, but most people don't have to say it, right? They yeah. just go and they have the medical care that they need. But when, when you're somewhere that has this exception, and I'm putting this exception in quotes, what it requires you to do is go to the police and talk about your assault and get basically documentation. So you're re-victimized just to access Healthcare, like I'm sorry, when my tooth hurts, I don't have to call, go to the police to get a root canal. Well, and I'm going to take a very uh, uh, the stance that I've always taken, which is gets me in fights with my own side sometimes, and that is that I think that rape exceptions are crappy because here's the truth: if you if you play their argument, right? If you play their argument, and they say every life is sacred and it's all, it's a, all of it's a baby. Mm -hmm. Then why should you be able to kill a product of a rape or incest? Who are you to decide that that life has no value? Someone like me who understands fundamentally that abortion is abortion is abortion and how, how the um, pregnancy happened is inconsequential because it's not a moral decision Everybody should be able to have an abortion. But when you say, except for rape and incest, you are playing a role in deciding who gets to live and who gets to die. And yeah. I think that is the height of hypocrisy. If you are and claim to be, quote unquote, pro-life, that is like bullshit. Who are you to say? Who also, you if you're pro-life, die in a fire. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just at this point, I am. you have nothing to say. And that's interesting. In but 100%, Liz, I feel like, it's, I think what it is, is these exceptions are considered like a way to soften the blow of something that essentially rips um, rights away from a pregnant person and Everything. gives it to a clump of cells. A hundred percent, because every single time you give rights to a pregnancy, you take away rights from the person who is pregnant every time you lob that on. And, and remember that with every single abortion ban, it is deciding that a person who is pregnant does not get to have the full and complete right under the constitution of their full humanity. And that is what this fight is about. So that's why it's and I, everyone's I wanna, right. I also want to like, just, you know, I, I think we're winding down, but I also want to just say, we all know every bit of research says that abortion is popular for the majority of the electorate. Most people understand that on some level of, of, or another, abortion should be available to anyone who, who needs it. And so the reason that we're in the situation we're at is because a lot of times people don't vote. Yeah. And so we got to vote in every election because it's not the presidential election that everybody wakes up for that decides this fully. It really is those local elections that seem inconsequential, that basically right wing wing nuts have discovered that they can just march in with a non platform or a ridiculous platform and win them. And I know that like gerrymandering uh, contributes to this and all these anti voter laws contribute this to this. But if all of us stood up every day and went and voted, um, every time we had an opportunity, we could mitigate a lot of this harm. Well, gerrymandering yeah. happened because we didn't vote. And I want to be <laughs> clear that Republicans and people who are like extremists have known about why these midterm elections and these local elections matter for years. Our side has ignored it literally up until maybe 15 years ago. And 15? So I would comfortably say six. Well, 2006, people started getting it when um, we switched over the House and Pelosi um, and and we really watched the states take a turn. And in 2010, um, when the Tea Party dominance took over, um, that was a wake up call, I think, for Democrats in a way that it hadn't been before. Um, so, yeah. So we need to move on to our guests. We need to move on to our guests as we talk about our erosion of our rights. We have people who are going to empower the shit out of you. Marie? Yes. Today we're talking with some of the folks at Plan C Pills who are doing amazing work spreading the word that medication abortion offers a safe way to end a pregnancy from the comfort of your own home. When people think about self-managed abortion, they sometimes have this misconception that it's all coat hangers and medical danger. But nowadays, it's all about abortion pills. We are so excited to welcome Plan C's digital organizing manager, Cece Caruso, and Amani Wilson-Shabazz, partnership and engagement manager. Welcome. 
Plan C is a campaign to talk about abortion pills, what they are, and how they're used. So Cece, I'm going to ask you the basic question. How do abortion pills work and what is self-managed abortion? Absolutely. So let's start with what self-managed abortion is. And it it is exactly what it sounds like. It is a self-managed abortion at home without clinician support. So people have been self-managing their abortions since the beginning of time for much, much longer than any of us have been around. This is nothing new, but new technology like medication abortion, mifepristone and misoprostol has made it even more safe and even more effective and more widely accessible than ever before. So Plan C and our campaign focuses specifically on medication abortion. And we narrow our scope to that, but we also want to make sure we acknowledge the the very um, extensive cultural history behind, you know, herbal self-managed abortion, as well as self-managed abortion using menstrual extraction devices. It can look like a variety of different things, but we focus on mifepristone and misoprostol, which are two amazing abortion pills um, that can induce uh, the termination of a pregnancy at home safely. It's safer than Viagra, safer than Tylenol. It's an incredible and revolutionary technology that we are more than happy to share information about with all of you and all of your listeners. Oh, Cece, thank you. Um, Imani, it is astounding how few people know about abortion pills. I recently read an article where a pregnant person said they found out about abortion pills while Googling how to use a hanger to self-manage their abortion in this time. So clearly this hanger narrative is pervasive and harmful. Can you tell people why it's important to stop using the hanger imagery and also how um, and why it's important to replace it with greater awareness about abortion pills, which, as you said, Cece, is a truly safe method of managing your own abortion. Yeah, of course. So obviously the hanger imagery has been around for a really long time, and it definitely does come from a place where people didn't have the same options that they do now, and they were really using these desperate measures to kind of take control over their own bodies. And so we are in a place now where we are very fortunate to have so many technological and medical advances to make this process so safe. Uh, And so I think that is really what we want to emphasize now is that you don't have to feel like you have to resort to these unsafe measures. You have um, these medications that you can get in the mail, which is wild. (laughs) And you can take these pills at home and they're over 90% effective. And the complication rate is so, um, is so low, uh, that it is a, it's a really great alternative and a really great method to promote. If you are interested in self-managing your own abortion. keep running into like people not knowing about them though. Like, do you guys find like about them? Do you guys find that also? Yeah, actually that's one of the biggest misconceptions. I think uh, when we talk about abortion pills is that people just don't know that they exist and it, it makes sense. I think that there has been so much noise in this abortion space, trying to just make sure people don't know what options they have and to make it hard for them to access them that this one kind of just, slid under slid under the radar for such a long time, but it actually has been approved in the U.S. since 2000. And so um, it is now kind of steadily growing in terms of how popular it's becoming. And I'm sure that it'll continue to grow in the future as we kind of see more restrictions popping up on in-clinic abortions as well. You know, one of the things, um, Imani, I, when we talk about like accessing abortion pills, online, just like anything else. When, if you don't know what to search for, a lot of horrible organizations and people will co-opt a narrative, which is probably also certainly true about abortion pills, right? So can you tell folks when you're looking for abortion pills online, like how can you uh, how can you safely look? How, what, are you, what should you look for as red flags to like places that aren't like reputable places uh, or anti-abortion people spreading lies, like talk a little bit about like what that is, um, how, how to find them online safely. Yeah. I mean, so crisis pregnancy centers are definitely becoming quite a force to be reckoned with. uh, And they do co-opt a lot of medical language to try to get people in the door. 
Uh, and if you do kind of end up in that space and going in, they definitely won't be able to really offer you any actual like medical services. They might be able to offer you an ultrasound, but like that is about as far as their actual like medical practice can go. Um, and they'll kind of target their language more towards, have you thought about like keeping this pregnancy or would you like to talk to somebody about like your pregnancy? Would you like to see the fetus? Would you like to like those types of like more targeted questions? And I think if you're searching online, the really, really great thing about resources like plan C is that it is an all-in-one kind of stop. And so it'll tell you, regardless of what state you're in, what the options are for your state. And so you don't necessarily have to go looking like, oh, what options are available to me in Minnesota or Alabama? You can go to this one site that you know is going to be reputable and look at whatever specific state you're in to figure out all the options for accessing pills online in that particular state. And so I think that is what makes Plan C a really, really great tool and a really great resource, especially in the midst of all this misinformation and disinformation that's coming out about um, abortion that's being spread by these crisis pregnancy centers. Well, and that brings up, that's like one way, right? And as we've been like looking at Kentucky passing this like draconian law about all the ways that someone who uh, administers uh, abortion pills through the mail has to go through this rigorous state reporting and state Texas saying you can't have abortion pills uh, after seven weeks. So Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about are abortion pills available to you no matter what state you live in? Or, and if they're not, is there a way to access abortion pills in a place near you? Yeah. So that's actually a really great question. And, and so, and accessing abortion pills. So in about half the states, getting abortion pills can really be as simple as just booking a telehealth appointment with a local provider, and then they'll just send you the pills a couple of days later. But you do have this other half of the states where access is really restricted But even in those places, people do still have options. And so there are organizations like Aid Access, which is an international human rights-based organization that offers uh, low-cost abortion pills to people specifically in restricted states. Uh, There's also options like international online pharmacies. There's so many other creative ways to access pills like mail forwarding. And so all of those options are listed on the guide. And so you can kind of see all of those options for people in restricted states there. And that is really useful. But so to in long answer short, the, yeah, people in restricted states can access pills online. It just looks a little bit different than it would if you were in a non-restricted state. And plan C is a place where if you're like, I don't know what to do, plan C will help you uh, figure out how to navigate that safely and correctly for where you yeah. live. And that's, yeah, and I I think kind of going off of that, uh, because I think one thing that people are really worried about in those restricted states is is the idea of criminalization. And so we at Plan C, we definitely don't think anybody is doing anything wrong when they are self managing their care. But criminalization does happen. It has happened before. And so we do want people to know that there is a potential legal risk to obtaining pills outside of the mainstream medical system. And that risk can be particularly um, particularly compounded for low-income people of color. And so we, we want to make sure that on our site, we are providing people with all the information and resources they need to make the decision that is best for them. And so that's why we uplift resources like the If, When, How, Repro Legal Hotline as well, which is a free legal service where people can go uh, to talk to a a professional, legal professional, uh, to understand the specific laws and risk in their particular state. And then they can help them make a decision that is like best for them, knowing all the things that they could possibly need to know about it. And so we definitely offer, yes, all the pills, but also that kind of other support system uh, and services that people might need in making this decision. Thank you so much for that, that amazing um, swath of information. I I'm especially caught by the uh, struck by the fact that you talked about how the abortion pill has been legal. It's been it should have been available in the U.S. like 
on much more open of a level. It's been around since 2000. Anti-abortion extremists put out so much BS about abortion pills. And um, I was hoping that you could set the record straight on some of the biggest lies that surround them as well that, that you see that people think or people have been told and encounter. Yeah, so there are definitely quite a few misconceptions that have been pushed. I think one of the one of the bigger ones that I see is that they will affect future fertility that I think is one that yes. people are kind of putting out there, which is not the case. They, mifepristone and misoprostol, they do not last in your system that long. Honestly, after the whole process is over, a day or so later, it's going to be out of your system and it's not going to have any effects on any future fertility or pregnancy. And so that's definitely not something that you need to feel concerned about if you are going to uh, pick this particular option. And I think that the other thing, which is coming up a lot more recently with kind of the rise in crisis pregnancy centers is that abortion pills are reversible, which yes. is particularly, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I escort at an abortion clinic and folks yell that at the patients all the time. It is so confusing. Like going in, it's confusing. They're like, what are you talking about? And then coming out, they're like, oh, I just paid for this. What are you talking about? And yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's really, it's kind of like a it's really um, dangerous thing that they're kind of putting out there because they're they're not reversible. Um, and there have been, um, you know, studies that have kind of looked into whether or not they're reversible, but those studies have kind of all stopped because it was getting really dangerous for the people involved. And that's kind of what we say to people is that, uh, there's no medical evidence anywhere to support that, um, abortion pills or medication abortion, that process can be reversed and it could, really most likely be dangerous to try to do so. And so it's not a reversible thing. And um, that, so if somebody, if anybody tells you that, don't listen. <laughs> maybe, maybe the good news is it sounds so ridiculous that I feel right. like, I feel bad for anybody who falls for it, but also it's just like, when like to, when they have to explain to you that you pump yourself full of progesterone to levels that can cause all kinds of like, really like not great things. Like mm-hmm. just it's no. wild too. Like a couple of years ago, one of our um, colleagues called one of these abortion reversal hotlines and yes, was like, Hey, right. what happens? And the person on the hotline was like, well, the first thing, the first pill like kills the pregnancy. And then they were just like, well, then what does the second pill do? Or like, what does reversal do? Like, how does this work? If like, does it do reviving? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing. <laughs> a tiny little doctor goes into your womb right. and has Start a miniature CPR, CPR and um, it's all kinds of just <laughs> wacky. It's wacky. Um, so knowing that abortion pills are, as far as we know, only effective up to until 11 weeks, should a person who's sexually active and concerned just order some in advance or is that a weird choice? Cece, I'd love to hear from you. I feel like we haven't heard from you. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it is absolutely not a weird choice. I think that in a perfect world, we would all have abortion pills in our medicine cabinet just as readily available as Tylenol. Yep. You know, they are as safe as Tylenol. They are wildly effective. They are, you know, more effective the sooner in pregnancy you use them, right? Before 11 weeks. So we want to make sure that we can get these medications to the folks that need them ti- in a timely manner. So with Aid Access now offering a service called Advanced Provision, people can actually order these pills in advance of even becoming pregnant. So especially in hostile states like Texas, where you might only have up legally up until six weeks to, you know, induce uh, an abortion, it might be a very wise choice to look into advanced provision to make sure you have those easily accessible to you and ready to use if you ever do find yourself in that situation and, and facing, you know, a potential crisis and needing access immediately to, to prevent potential for their criminalization. You know, I wanted to ask y'all for for folks out there listening who aren't as in the weeds around abortion and abortion uh, pills and medication abortion like we all are. Uh, can you explain to folks why it's so safe to be able to self-manage your abortion? Why you don't need to go to it? Like, because I think a lot of people are like, why don't I have to go to a doctor? Why don't I have to do this? You know, like why? why it is safe to be able to take um, early abortion with pills into your own hands without the intervention of a medical professional. Cause I think people don't know. 
I don't know which one of you wants to take that. Because <laughs> it just popped up into my head. Like, I wonder what people are like, is that safe? I mean, absolutely. So we talk with our provider coordinator at Plan C Pills, who herself is an abortion provider and provides telemedicine care with abortion pills. And I mean, she just drives home the point that it is incredibly safe. You know, if you talk to folks over at the miscarriage and abortion hotline, they will share that most of the clients they speak to follow the typical clinical course of an early abortion or, you know, the management of an early miscarriage. There usually are not complications that require any kind of emergency medical care that they have seen. It's incredibly rare. You know, the chance for uh, medical complication before 11 weeks of pregnancy using these abortion pills is less than 0.25%. So again, they are incredibly safe to use. And in the first trimester of pregnancy, you can easily usually date the pregnancy. So you know about how far along in the pregnancy you are. That's pretty doable. You don't need these ultrasounds or these extra medical tests that are entirely medically unnecessary in most circumstances. They really are incredibly safe technologies, medical technologies that should be known for their their safety and efficacy. Um, We can self-manage and we always have Mm self-managed. So it's just an incredible revolutionary moment that we're seeing right now. And I wanted to ask one more thing. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say to add on to that really quickly. If even if you were to go into a clinic in person to get abortion pills, they might give you the first pill in person. But because you have to take misoprostol 24 to 48 hours later anyway, they're going to send it home with you and you're going to do the second part at home anyway. And so it's it's like it's already being done at home. So I'm going to set up a scenario that's kind of crazy, but I think you're going to have an answer for me. So let's say, let's say I'm not me because I use my uterus for storage now. Like it is, (laughs) it does, it does zero things. Um, But so let's say I'm traveling, right. And I get abortion pills in another country and I can't read the instructions or let's say I got them over the mail. Like it's great, whatever. And I threw the box away and I have my pills and I'm like, oh my God, why did I throw the box away? I'm not sure what to do is on the plan C website is there, or where can one go if they were, if they needed to read instructions on how to administer the pills? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Plan C Guide to Pills is an incredible place to start. We can direct you to amazing resources like the Miscarriage and Abortion Hotline, which has an um, incredible infographic on the front page of their website that explains in depth how to use these pills. You can also go to howtoseabortionpill.org, which will walk you through step-by-step the process to use these medications. It is a quite simple process. There's not too many steps involved. It's a little difficult to mess up, so um, you can definitely Uh, find this information online readily accessible to the average person and you can start by accessing the plan c guide to pills you guys are so awesome oh my gosh um we realized that you guys have a fellowship coming up can somebody talk to us about that and tell us what it is yes i would love to okay (laughs) so it is our first uh creative fellowship that we are offering through our ambassadors of information program it's a fellowship program that allows folks with creative ideas to shift public perception about medication abortion to really see their ideas through implementation over the summer so these ideas might look like community murals they might look like days of action podcasts video series anything that you have in mind that will help shift public perception of self-managed abortion, and that will really speak to the nuances of criminalization and the risks that people face when accessing these pills and the importance of them in this current moment and this current crisis that we're facing. If you have an idea that you are looking to get off the ground, we are here and ready to support you through that. It's a funded fellowship. You can receive a grant up to $2,000. The deadline is May 14th, and you can find out more information on plancpills.org slash AI-summer- fellowship. Um, And we would love to see your incredible creative ideas uh, and really start pushing the movement even further in the direction of increased abortion access for all. Ooh, I love it. We'll put we'll put that crazy URL in our show notes. Thank so you. Don't worry. Much you, easier. Don't worry. Don't worry if you didn't get it. Don't worry if you didn't get it. We, we got you. Also, Marie was like sharing with us that she saw your ads in the um, New York City subway. Oh, yeah. English and Spanish. The ads weren't defaced. I was like, oh, people, people are like, people are leaving this here. People are respecting this. It made me so happy. And they're so clear and like 
the, the de-stigma, like I know it's New York yeah. and in New York, you like are like, oh yeah, people, people do do that. People care about that. These should be everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It turns out that the Catholics haven't done anything to them. Like that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Imani and Cece, thank you so much for stopping by and talking to us. You can all get involved with Plan C and help spread the word about abortion pills by following Plan C at at Plan C Pills on TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can get Plan C stickers and flyers for local distribution at www.plancpills.org slash stickers, or go to the link in our show notes. That's right. Thank you so much. It's always so good to be, feel like somebody just put some power back in your hands. I love it. All right, transitioning now to one of my favorite segments on the pod, Six Degrees of Abortion. It is a simple, simple segment. Marie and Moji pick a story from the week that is not related to abortion in any way. And I have six shots. It's like the abortion wordle. I have six guesses to tie whatever they throw at me to abortion. What you got? I think we brought our A game this week, Liz. Uh-oh. I feel like we got A game. I'm going to make some note, some notable exclusions in that I'm going to name two states that you cannot use in the story. Um, and oh, uh, no, you can't tell me what <laughs> I don't. We're taking the approach of declaring what's unconstitutional also in advance. Exactly. You can't, you can't yep. say like you can. Yep. You can. You have all the guesses, but you can't guess. You can't say certain things. That's insane. This is you are setting up rules I did not agree to in advance. I'm sending my I'm sending my second in to negotiate before the duel. This is an outrage. I'm going to do it, a workaround because you know all right, me. Uh, um, all right, so some lady in the United States bought bought a pregnant donkey. Pregnant donkey. <laughs> a pregnant donkey. She bought a pregnant donkey. And after she bought the pregnant donkey, she noticed that pregnant donkey, a donkey is an animal. It is a four legged animal, a donkey. You're saying donkey, donkey, like donkey, donkey. I we have, you know what? You guys say things different in Missouri. (laughs) I mean, in Minneapolis. (laughs) Okay. So a woman buys a pregnant donkey. Yes. She buys a pregnant donkey. um, And then the donkey has a, has a, has a, a foal. That's what they call the babies. And the foal was half zebra. It was a zonkey. It had zebra legs and not zebra body. It was wild. And so I need you to somehow link zonkeys <laughs> or donkeys to abortion. Or zebras. Or zebras. Why not? Uh, okay. Well, I went on a safari in South Africa and I saw zebras and I advocate for abortion. Ba-ba! Good enough. We'll take it. We'll is the woman take from it. Minnesota. Is that why? No, she's like- she she's from Kansas and she bought it in Missouri or something like that. And I was like, we've said them five times in this podcast already. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, that's fair. But yeah, so yeah, I went on a safari I have, and saw zebras. And Please. so that and I am I am abortion. <laughs> have you ever seen a zonkey? Because it's the wildest looking thing. I haven't seen thing. a zonkey. I'm I didn't sure even know that cool. was a thing. <laughs> I feel like it's like it's like when you go zaddy, yes, but zaddy. less sexy because we all but know zaddies are sexy. Zaddy, except <laughs> zonkey. I know. Um, very fair. All right, I feel good about it. Um, should we move on? Yes. Cat <laughs> says it's like the liger of the. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my God, that's hilarious. I don't even know where we're going here. Are we having a word from our non-sponsor? I, we are. Yes, actually, summer is almost here. And so it's time to level up on your cooler game with cool, cool fetus coolers. I never go to a cookout, beach party, or a legal fetus robbery without one. Cool, cool fetus coolers are fine for sandwiches and sodas, but are specially designed for activities that make you say, cool, cool, like stealing abortion fetuses. Whether you have five or 115 fetuses to hide, cool, cool fetus coolers, got you covered. Cool, cool fetus coolers. Sure, you could throw some beers in it, but it's really a Yeti, but for people who keep stolen fetuses at their house. Cool, cool. Get 10% off any size cool, cool fetus coolers using the promo code fetus cooler. <laughs> Super many, cool. 
How many fetus cooler? How many times can we say fetus cooler in one show? I feel like we have the record. Can we call Guinness people? I, feel like I think we should call Guinness people. people. I <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the cool, cool fetus cooler. I bet this person would sell them at her shows. Uh, whether headlining clubs or on the front lines fighting for abortion access, our next guest is a comedian and an activist who is as hilarious as she is fearless. Please welcome Abortion Access Front's newest board member, Joyelle Nicole Johnson. Joyelle, I don't know if you saw the news that we talked yeah. about that was breaking out of Oklahoma, but you and I and Mayron and AA Front were on our tour raising yes. awareness about abortion in the sad, sad town of Oklahoma City. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I, I was like so glad you were coming on. And I was like, remember that show in Oklahoma City? Remember how we couldn't get press and how we had to beg people to come because it, and it just felt creepy. Yeah, they were just like scared. And I was like, look, I don't live here. So <laughs> y'all got a good 24 hours with me because y'all seem scared to be here. And I don't know why. <laughs> You want visitors if y'all don't want to be here. <laughs> well, and, and I remember too, like um, Jen, our our producer was like, I can't tell you how many people wanted to do articles, mm-hmm. and then their bosses at the newspapers and stuff were like, Yeah, we're not talking about abortion. It's like, and you can't really say. Well, we can avoid abortion when your tour is called, you know, abortion AF. I feel like, you know, you're really <laughs> leaning in, leaning in pretty hard uh, to it. So I know it feels scary. Yeah. Uh, it just feels really scary. And we just we're trying to figure out how it's constitutional to just create wildly unconstitutional laws and then say, <laughs> and you can't challenge them, bitches, too bad. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't even know, but I know that I left New Jersey. That is my home state, um, and I don't want to go back. So if you want to leave Oklahoma, I think it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Certain cities and states just need to, you just might need to leave. I'm I'm just going to be honest about it. I want equal rights for everyone, but also some states you'd be like, you know what? Y'all could y'all could do that here. So y'all's advocating know. for evacuation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I advocate for for segregation. I advocate for seceding. I think the North should should secede. Just leave Florida to Florida. I just I think the five boroughs should make their own country. And you need a passport to get into New York. And we need to ask you a couple of questions. Why are you here? Oh, you want to have an abortion? Come on in. Come on in. Oh, you just want to watch Hamilton, but you think gays should go to conversion therapy? No, you can't come. <laughs> we don't care if you're the vice president. Yeah, don't we don't come. want that. No, no, no. We asking that at customs. Okay. Yeah. Why, why are you here? You want gays to entertain you? No, you can't. You can't get no food, no spicy, no seasoning. Take your ass back to Oklahoma. Oh, my gosh. So like Oklahoma, they're like, you know, Texas is always like everything's bigger in Texas. But Oklahoma is the little state that is really pushing all the limits, like because they have the worst now abortion a uh, piece of abortion bans in the, in the world, yes. <laughs> basically. Um, yes. Also, when it came to the death penalty, they were literally bringing in janky ass death penalty medicine. So <laughs> like it was like people Not were working. Half- half dying and they were getting it on some fucked up black market. Like, Oh, you can buy some fake Gucci bags on the dark web. They were getting, they were getting capital punishment meds on the dark web. That's where I get my Telfar bags. (laughs) And then they're just like, so they're like thirsty for oil to the point where like, Oh, well there's no oil. So now we're going to just frack the shit out of the state to find shale. And there's honestly, Right now, as have we been recording, there's been 27 earthquakes. I'm sure. So <laughs> it's a mess. The whole thing, the whole thing is a disaster. But like, I feel like I'm with you. But I, you know what I find hilarious though, ma'am, is that um, you just moved back from Georgia. Yeah. How does it feel to be in a police state? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's so funny because like you're damned if you do pretty much all over the country, you know, so I'm in Georgia, but I'm in the blue pocket in the middle 
of straight up red states. Like I, it's just, it's the reddest area. And I realized in my area of Atlanta, um, people couldn't put up Trump signs because it was too liberal or too gay there. So they would just put up an American flag. And that's how you knew you'd be like, see that, that house right there. <laughs> Y'all need to go out into the sticks, get outside the perimeter with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Danielle, you are like one of my favorite people to counter protest with. Like I Howdy. think fondly about Toledo, but like you really just get in with them. You're like, you just get in their face in a way that's like hilarious to anybody with a brain. And then, <laughs> so like, how do you stay righteously ridiculous with them while they accuse us of perpetuating black genocide? I need to put righteously ridiculous on a t-shirt. I get welcome. that tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> I am righteously ridiculous, <laughs> petty black feminist. Yes. <laughs> Those are all the t-shirts. Um, I realize, I mean, at a certain point, it might be to the detriment because it's like, all right, this might be a dangerous thing to do, but they're just so easy. They're such easy <laughs> targets, you know? And I'm the person where it's like, if I'm on stage, I'm not going to attack the audience. But if you heckling, I will get you. I'm going to get you. So if you heckling a woman going into a clinic, I, I will come after you because you started it. So it's just, I mean, endlessly easing for me because I know that hopefully that is helping, you know, a woman who is trying to get the service that I've already had and had without a problem, without having to deal with hecklers. Because New Jersey. <laughs> yes, because New Jersey, which has so many issues. I mean, <laughs> all these states, this country is wild. I know. My favorite joke about New Jersey is why is there more super fun sites in New Jersey than there are lawyers? <laughs> super fun. What is super fun? <laughs> it you means your shit's fucked are? up. It, it's like they're in they're like the creme de la creme of environmental like um catastrophes. 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 Yeah. They're yeah. like mm. such an environmental catastrophe that like the federal government is like, Designated that place is fucked up. A super fun site. <laughs> Listen, like the Rwanda's Canal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't keep up with Jersey. I don't even know who the governor is. I don't, <laughs> I go through that. I, see, I visit family. That's about it. I pay the tolls. I pay all of the tolls. You know, that's really big of you. <laughs> I, that you pay I don't the have tolls. a choice. <laughs> I know. I know. What yeah. is going on and what's up in your life, Joelle? I, you just did a comedy taping that is out. It's there for folks to see on Peacock. Hey. Um, and you you just came back from Texas as well. You were doing comedy there. I was doing comedy in Austin that has been colonized by the cucks. Here's yes. the thing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Austin, baby. I don't know if I'm coming back. Your city was fun. Your I see y'all trying to stave them off because they want to keep Austin weird. And you see the people that are trying to be like, we want to stay weird. But, um, you know, Twitter man. Musk lives there. And, yes, the Twitter man, he, um, he has brought a different energy to that city. And I was like, I feel like this city used to be cool, but it's starting to go... Um, to the next, for example, okay, so I had an interaction at the bar with this white boy. Um, it was amazing. I was about to get on stage and the show was about to start. And I was like, oh, like, wh who do you work for? And he was like, the NCAA. And I laughed because I said, oh, I thought you said the NAACP. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, you think I work with animals? <gasps> what? Uh -huh. No. Wait, no. And, your I paused, and in my head, I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me, white boy? But then I paused and I was like, oh, did you think I said ASPCA? <laughs> oh my God. Uh-uh. No, The man. best interaction that could not have happened <laughs> in a whiter place. I mean, Austin, no. that was... Felt like a hate crime, but it was just a misunderstanding. Yes, yes. hate crime, but just not knowing national acronyms. Oh my gosh! He was like, "Yeah, There's that's the lot. organization with the animals, right?" I was like, like Dude. "Not just the black people." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Austin used to be one of my favorite cities, and now it's mm -hmm. got the trifecta of Elon mm -hmm. Musk, Alex yeah. Jones, and Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, y'all could keep. Who that. even allows that 
Bermuda Triangle to exist <laughs> in Austin, the world. Austin about to be a sundown town. Listen, y'all, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be sundown for women, sundown for black people. It's going to be already sundown for abortions. Hello, yeah. sundown for abortions. So listen, do that. Y'all can have Texas and um, Oklahoma. I think they should They should be able to look. All you white boys that want to say the N-word on stage, go to Austin and just yell it into the void. Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it down there. It's a safe space for y'all. I'd rather give them the Grand Canyon. They could just be in the America's Hole. Just yell your shit into America's Hole. Um, because, you know, Joyelle, here's an interesting fact. Uh, is... Texas has mm-hmm. 10% of the women in America of reproductive age. And so mm. that's intense when you think about how that has affected so many people. And now with Oklahoma, as we all know, like a half of the abortions that were happening in Oklahoma were literally uh, people who were abortion. Uh, they were just escaping, uh, trying to find abortions. And now that's going to be a mess too. So it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I announced <laughs> I do serious sex sem regularly. Um, and I announced when they were talking about their abortion pills, I was like, if anybody needs an abortion pill, holler at me. I was feeling real altruistic for Christmas. But the um, only women that got to me were they were too far along and they were also <gasps> oh. in states where it wasn't legal. So I would have had to get the international one sent mm-hmm. to them. And I was like, by the time it gets to you, you're going to be too far along. And one of the girls had four kids and she was a single mother. And I was like, what no one needs is a fifth child as a single mother. And she was in Texas. And I I felt so, I just felt so bad because I wanted to be like, and so I sent her all the information. Marie helped. Marie helped. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, it's so, and that's the whole thing as we, as we move into this new landscape of, uh, post row panic and what we're going to do, mm-hmm. you know, when it takes people longer to raise the money, find a place to have the abortion. Um, they are going to be far along. So we just were in talking to people from this really cool organization called plan C and they mm-hmm. were like, you know what, order up a medication abortion and keep it in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Because- Advanced provision. Do yes. advanced provision. Do Sometimes advanced insurance doesn't give even color, cover it too. If your insurance is halfway, if they're <laughs> so, Joe, yeah, your next giveaway just be like, yo, who wants to have abortion pills to keep around? <laughs> to just <laughs> I'm paying. Have, can I order? I can order a bunch and then I can send them to people. We are uh, not we, the resource. Uh, you for know that. what? Also, <laughs> uh, let's not co-sign on that because I'm unclear. <laughs> But I'm just saying unclear. that I'm, I'm, I'm clear. Uh, not cosigning yeah. or not. Not saying it's a bad idea. No, just the saying, AAF um, is not behind Joyelle's views. <laughs> our, our board member Joyelle Johnson, newest board member Joyelle Johnson. Uh, hey, Joyelle, no. Ixnay on the, the giveaway. Abortion pills on the giveaway. away. Yeah, I think that. That is absolutely amazing. So what's coming up for you? Besides, uh, we're so excited. We have the White Boy Comedy Show that we are. I can't believe it took us. We've been around since 2015. Mm -hmm. And it took us till 2022 to just call up white dude comedians and be like, look, just stand on stage and raise money for us. You've never paid for birth control. You owe us. Let's do it. And so um, the good news is a bunch of cool guys said yes, but I really want to push. Um, I want to push their limits and the limits of all of the white boy fans that will be in the audience. We need to get every penny out of them. Bless their hearts. I remember 2015. I feel like your hair wasn't gray. No, um, my hair was brown. <laughs> my hair was brown. I got my grays in the middle. I remember 2015. Remember when yeah. we were sweet, innocent children? Well, no, do you remember? I remember 2015 because we were at, before we launched, we were at my apartment every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was cooking food and it's a bunch of comics sitting around a table trying to make videos for abortion. 
And uh, and then look here we are. Now we're yeah. just trying to save people's lives, and you're and you're becoming a superstar. It's all working out nicely. Oh yes, I cannot wait for the Bro versus Wade show. It's one of my favorite places in New York City to perform. So I am. I very know. The Bell House, and it's sold out, but we do have some VIP opportunities. Since you didn't grab a ticket early, you can have a meet and greet and get a couple of tickets that we'll be uh, releasing up on Charity Buzz. So if you're in New York and you want a special experience, that's going to cost you way more than it would have if you bought tickets a week ago. That is on you. (laughs) It's also super fun. Um, Joyelle, we love talking to you all the time, all the things, all the where. Um, thank you for joining us, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, you will, and hopefully, I'll see you guys before that. Yes, yes, yes. let's make that promise, Joyelle Johnson. Thank you. You can catch Joyelle on May 22nd, as she said, hosting Bro v. Wade, the comedy benefit for AAF, starring a bunch of white guys doing the bare minimum. For abortion rights. That's right. <laughs> I did say bare minimum. <laughs> That's our pod today, folks. Thanks for listening. And thanks again to Amani and Cece from Plan C. You can apply for Plan C's Summer Creative Fellowship by May 14th at plancpills.org slash AI hyphen summer hyphen fellowship. And follow them on all the socials at Plan C Pills. And watch Joyelle's comedy special, Love Joy, on Peacock. Listen to her comedy album, Yell Joy, released by Blonde Medicine. And follow Joyelle Nicole on Instagram and Twitter. FBK Live is edited by Remy Tournay and is produced by Abortion Access Front. Subscribe, write a review, give us five stars. It's the best way for our podcast to reach more people. And by doing so, you're helping more people learn about this assault. You can follow us on social at Abortion Front on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and at Abortion Access Front on TikTok or YouTube. And email us at podcast at aafront.org. We want to hear from you. If we read your email on air, we will send you a shirt. That's right. Event plug, activism alert. Hello, everybody. Can I get some woo, woo, woos? Thank you. That was so sweet. Uh, (laughs) Save the date, July 17th for Operation Save Abortion. As we are about to enter a post-Roe America, we want people to learn all the ways they can activate Operation Save Abortion. It's a live stream that is not a march. It's your training day. Sign up for email alerts on our website at aafront.org to be notified when registration goes live. And we have a great show next week. We are celebrating AAPI History Month by uplifting AAPI activists and comics. And kicking us off is Roseanne Maria Porum from Jane's Due Process to talk about her incredible work helping young people access abortion care. And from the movie Crush on Hulu, comedian Jess Tom will be here. And lastly, donate, bitches. You can find out all about AAF's work outside of the pod and then drop a few tax-deductible coins in our coffers at aafront.org slash donate. And we leave you with a dude who shows his whole tired ass by blaming Amy Schumer and Satan for abortions. If so, hail Amy Schumer, hail Satan. Hail Amy Schumer, hail Satan. (laughs) Hail, Hail Amy, Amy Schumer. Hail, Hail Satan. Satan. We'll see you next week. Hail Satan. Hail. You cut through all the noise when you cut through all the women's rights. My body, my choice, the pink hats, the Amy Schumers. What you'll find are the corpses of 50 million dead children. Think about that. 50 million dead children. Your son or daughter, dead but virtually millions of times over, 50 million dead children. Where's their pile of shoes? It's the ultimate achievement of liberalism and Satanism. There's no issue, not gay rights, not even racial equality, that will get these people to take the streets and and melt down like their ability to legally murder children. Feminist Buzzkills Live, the podcast from Abortion Access Front. When BS is popping, we pop off. New episodes drop Friday. Listen, subscribe, give us five stars.